Well, a good day to you wherever you are. This is Take Two with Jerry and Debbie getting underway on EWTN Radio. I'm Jerry Usher. Debbie Giorgiani is with me, and we have the show team in place today. They are all at their posts. We have, let me see, where is it? We got uh, Matt Gabensky is on the phones. Ace, Ace McKay is our producer. Jeff Burson is on social media. And Debbie, it is a first Friday. I love First Friday devotions and First Saturday, Saturday devotions, Jerry. And uh, on the first Friday of every month, we decided to dedicate it to the Most Holy Eucharist. Uh, we call it The Real Presence, the title of the show. And we ask you to weigh in on your experience, your understanding, uh, your love for the Eucharist during this Eucharistic revival that our shepherds, our bishops have asked us to take to the parishes now. At the, it's at the parish phase. Um, it's very important we um, we center our discussions around the source and summit of our faith, the Most Holy Eucharist. So the number to dial, if you'd like to um, add to this conversation, you don't have to be Catholic to call in. You may have a question about the Eucharist. You may have a, an experience that you would like to share. We would love to hear from you. 833-288-3986. Yeah, now is always the best time to call. Phone lines are wide open. Matt is waiting to hear from you. Maybe you're a convert to the Catholic faith, and you can recall the time when you were in, say, RCIA or waiting to become you know, a Catholic, full member of the Catholic Church, and you just couldn't wait until you was, were able to receive Jesus in the real presence in the Blessed Sacrament. Maybe you wandered away from the Catholic Church for a while. Maybe you spent some time away, and then you realized what you had left and what you missed. And so you came back to the Eucharist, 833 833- 288-3986. We can talk about your preparation routine for receiving communion. We all should prepare very reverently and take some time to do that. Also, a Thanksgiving afterward, what do you do? Do you do anything special? Do you have a special prayer? Maybe the Padre Pio prayer, stay with me, Jesus, after you receive communion. All of these things and more, you can call in and talk about 833-288-3986. The Real Presence, that's the title for today, all about the Eucharist today. Please uh, don't sit this out. Um, if you have something to say, if you feel that that really uh, strong interior sense that you need to say something, we believe it's the Holy Spirit, please call in. We are a friendly platform, a worldwide platform, but a great place for us to come together as believers, as the faithful, to really understand the Eucharist better. The number to dial is 833-288-3986. I just actually came from Benediction. We had First Friday Adoration this morning here at the Basilica of St. Paul in Daytona Beach, where I'm doing my pastoral year as a seminarian. Very, very beautiful. I love serving any of the Masses, but especially the Mass and the uh, the Adoration, the Holy... The holy actually, it was about a Holy two and a half hours. Uh, but I just came from that, so I, I've, I've still got the smell of incense on me and everything. Uh, nice. 833-288-3986. We already have some uh, calls being screened by Matt, but we uh, would love to hear from you. 833-288-3986. Whatever you would like to weigh in on regarding the real presence of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior in the Eucharist, the Blessed Sacrament. Boston, Massachusetts is, is coming in quickly. I say we go to Richard. What do you yeah, say? Let's do it. Let's do okay, it. Okay, Richard is uh, first up on our Real Presence show from the Station of the Cross, listening in Boston, Massachusetts. Hi, Richard. Welcome to Take Two. Hi, guys. How are you? Doing, well. Doing great, you, Richard. Richard. 
Good, thank you. Um, you probably don't remember me. I called in a few weeks ago um, with a Fulton Sheen quote. I went through RCIA last year, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, considering a vocation after college. Yes. Great. Um, I remember you calling and we had a, we had a wonderful conversation on that. But with the Eucharist, I just wanted to say um, I do my very best to go to daily Mass. Um, and I'm going through a lot right now, specifically with uh, my home parish. Um, I won't say what parish it is, but it's in Massachusetts. And they're getting a lot of pushback for preaching the gospel, specifically on the LGBT community. Um, and I, I was in a class the other day in college, and there's this girl in the class who goes by he, they, and I did not say what had happened or that an incident even occurred. This person knows that I'm religious, and they know the town I live in, um, and so they had heard about the event. And she gets up in the middle of the class, and she looks at me, and she says, I just want you to know that that church should be ashamed of themselves, and I support any protests that may happen there. Class goes dead silent, right? This is in the middle of nowhere. And I remembered, you know, love and charity, and I had gone to Mass that morning, that morning um, and I remained calm, and I said to her, you know, okay, I don't know what you really want me to do about that. You know, it's a free country, and you can have that opinion. And then she escalated it by saying, I don't feel safe being in the same classroom with you. Mind you, I hadn't even have spoken on the issue, <laughs> let alone, you know, let alone indicate an opinion or that anything had happened. And I said, well, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. Um, but, you know, as a Catholic, I'm called to love and charity. Um, I haven't expressed any hatred towards you, so I really don't know what you want me to do about that. And she stormed out of the classroom crying. So it's been a hectic few weeks. Uh, Yeah, well, Richard, yeah, that's uh, something you you don't really prepare for, although nowadays I think we need to be prepared for just about anything to happen. But um, you approached it the right way, like you said, calmly with charity. And you don't, we don't know. I mean, I go back to that quote that I use often. Everyone we know is engaged in a battle we know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Be kind always. And God bless you, Richard. You showed that kindness. And, you know, Debbie, I mean, the, we, we don't know what this young lady was carrying, you know, uh, maybe, maybe a burden, maybe some, you know, wounds or something. But um, this is unfortunately happening more and more, you know, and there, mm-hmm. there was really no reason for it sounds like to you know, do what she did, but she did it anyway. Well, she took the first uh, step to, uh, she had the defense, the walls went up, and so she took the first punch, uh, if you will. But Richard, if you can hold on, please. Um, I just have a, a couple quick uh, comments and questions, but it, I think it pertains to where we're at in this world right now and how we are to um, approach each other and and uh, talk to one another and support uh, the church's teaching. So Richard, if you could hold on, that would be that would be wonderful. We do have a couple open phone lines. Please jump in on this uh, conversation. It's already starting off to be a great one about the Eucharist, the real presence today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. Please, this is your show. If you sit this out, then um, you know what? It, it's a good It's a good topic. It's a good conversation, but it'll be great if you participate. 833-288-3986. The Real Presence, The Most Holy Eucharist, 
the source and summit of our faith. This is a very important conversation we are having here today on this live episode of Take Two. Please join us, 833-288-3986. We're talking with Richard in Boston, Massachusetts. And Richard, I have a couple questions for clarification purposes and then a a quick comment. But before we uh, get back to our conversation, let's share with the Take Two family the Snowflake Merry Christmas house flag. This festive snowflake Merry Christmas house flag is a great way to proudly display your Catholic faith on the outside or inside of your home. Printed on an eggshell colored background, the words Merry Christmas are in large, cheerful red lettering and split a festive green snowflake. It is Um, It is made of woven polyester and double-stitched around the edges for durability. This fabric can withstand high winds and is more fade-resistant than typical cotton house and garden flags. That's good if you live in Arizona, I'm just saying. Each flag is about 28 inches wide by 40 inches high, and they're printed in the USA. I love that. Available now at EWTNRC.com. Free standard shipping online. Order $75 or more standard shipping is for the continental U.S. only, and you have to use code uh, FREE at checkout. Okay, Richard, a couple things. So you started off saying that your parish is going to have some presentations or something, uh, and I got a little bit um, off track listening to you to your uh, conversation and then what happened in class with this with this fellow student. So just let me make sure I, I, just because our listeners sometimes are doing housework or they're at work themselves and they are trying to half listen. So I want to make sure we get a clear message on what you're saying. So your, your church in Boston, Massachusetts, or somewhere in a suburb around there is going to be teaching about, um, what our church teaches about uh, same-sex unions, stuff like that, okay, and and this particular person that you're in class with got wind of it and then started the attack thinking somehow you represent all of the Catholic Church and that you should be some kind of threat to her? Did I understand that correctly, or, or are we a little bit off? So that's very close. Um, what had happened, the, the homily had already occurred. It, okay. it was during the homily. A few weeks ago, there were a few families there for baptisms, um, and so what we think happened is a, there were a lot of outsiders who don't normally attend church, you know, there for their families' baptisms, and when they heard the priest give the church teaching, which, by the way, he remained very respectful, you know, the first thing that came out of his mouth was, you need to love and respect everybody, um, this had got on the news, and our local news station started broadcasting, you know, the church teaches hate. You know, this is not inclusive. In fact, they even had a local expert on the news um, say that, you know, this teaching from the Church shows us that we still have a lot of work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And uh, frankly, I'm not too sure what that means. Sure. I don't know what work these people think needs to be done to the Church, because as we know, Church teachings are not alterable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the classmate had Googled what happened, and all the news articles popped up. And yes, she somehow believed that I represent the entire church. I really know where she was coming from. Sure. Um, She identifies as he, they, and uh, took that opportunity to pretty much lambaste me in front of the entire class. Okay, and you remained calm and and loving and kind, and you just let her um, do her thing and then walk out, and somehow she feels threatened by you, correct? 
Correct. And the only reason I was able to remain calm is because of the real presence in the Eucharist that I had received that morning. Sure. If okay. it wasn't for the Eucharist, I don't think I would have remained calm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, Richard, um, all I can say is welcome to the wor- this world that we live in and the club that we belong to because it's just the way life is. Everybody's got their own interpretation. Everybody's got their own decisions to make. Everybody has their own choices to make. The church is very, very clear. We can try to interpret it differently, as you know, Richard, or we can view it as something that is um, hurtful or hateful, um, because we, it's, a, it's, an, it's a lack of understanding, and it's ignorance, and it's also our own, our own perception of things that distorts what is reality. And so, Richard, I say we, I, this is what I would do. This is just me talking now. And what do you think, Jerry? And Richard, I appreciate so very much your, your call. Um, I pray for everyone. I pray that everybody has a really clear mind, a clear understanding of what God has put forth. Um, we can do it our way, but there's God's way and then there's our way. And usually when we do it our way, it is it is really, really not a good place and it's not a good uh, result. But when we, when we do it God's way, it is much harder. It is, it is much more um, focused. But we, the blessings and the graces we know flow here and for all of eternity. So I, I say we just stay focused. Um, we work with Adam Bly, religious demonologist, and he is constantly telling me on a regular basis, Debbie, stay focused. Just stay focused. Everything's going to go, go on with the world and people are going to say what they want to say and people are going to do what they want to do stay focused. And Richard, it sounds like because of the Eucharist, you were very, very focused. Jerry? Yeah, Richard, thanks for the call again. We, we got a lot of calls to get to here, but we'll pray for that situation. Yeah, all I can add is just, uh, you know, when, when those who are not of the church and, and maybe not particularly godly people, um, you know, when they say the church has there's a lot of work to do to bring the church around, we kind of know what they mean. And unfortunately for them, um, fortunately for us, the Holy Spirit, of course, is there to um, you know, help us, uh, the church, maintain all of her teachings and, um, you know, speak the truth in love, as the Bible says. And so that's what we have to do. So mm-hmm. uh, we go from one Richard to another. Richard, this Richard is in Florida, Florida. listening on Sirius XM 130. Hello, Richard in Florida. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, as, as, I, uh, as I told your, your uh, uh, person who answers the phone, I had a very unique experience. I was I'm raised Catholic and I pray to Rosary daily, go to church, go to daily mass when I can, and I had had a hip operation three years ago and I had very much pain and trouble with that hip operation. I was bedridden for a month and during that time period, the priest of our church came over to bless our house and also provide us with the Eucharist and. He consecrated the Eucharist in front of us, and while I was lying in bed with with accent lights on the ceiling, the room was very dark, I closed my eyes and I saw the ascension of Jesus with his arms outstretched. And I opened my eyes and, and saw the, the Eucharist and closed them again, and, and I saw the face of Jesus and the detail of his face was exactly, because I Googled it, what it was like on the shroud. Uh, matted hair, uh, long nose, long face, squared chin. It, 
was so detailed and it, and it was so emotional for me that I, I couldn't talk about it for three years because I was afraid people would, would think I was nuts. And it wasn't until I spoke with a friend of mine who's a priest that he said to me, I believe you, Richard. I believe in what you're saying, and I don't think you're crazy at all. Um, and I think that they showed me this vision to tell people and make them realize the true presence that Christ has in the Eucharist. Um, because to many people, it's, it's a wafer, it's a piece of, of something. They don't realize the underlying importance of Jesus being there. And I think that's why he showed me this vision and why I'm now able to talk about it to people and hopefully make them understand that, that what I saw was, was truly an amazing thing in a, once in a lifetime. Wow. Well, Richard, it sounds like God did uh, allow sort of a mystical encounter for you there. Um, sorry about your you know, being bedridden for a while there, but it was beautiful of this priest to come over and, uh, and offer you Holy Communion like that. Um, I know that God does allow certain experiences like that for many reasons, actually, to, to help us heal, to strengthen us in our faith. There have been mm-hmm. um, you know, similar experiences a lot of people have had throughout the, the millennia, we know, because you know, there are Eucharistic miracles and so forth. So yeah. um, sounds like, Debbie, God gave Richard one of those grace-filled moments. I agree. Um, to strengthen you, Richard, to really get you to a really focused place like we're talking earlier, and also to to help others because we are the mystical body of Christ. So we are meant to get strong and help others to sustain them and to strengthen them as well. And so God bless you, Richard. Um, keep um, speaking speaking the truth, okay? Thanks for letting me share. Absolutely. You're welcome. God bless Thank you. You, you know, um, have, Richard's saying that. Let me just share something because now I do feel prompted by the spirit that I need to share because Richard just shared. So, real quickly, on All Saints Day, um, and I'm and I'm trying to be very particular. I'm trying to go quickly. I don't want to um, monopolize the show and the topic, but it pertains to this. Um, to, it pertains to the Eucharist. I went, let's go back to Adam Bly again. Adam Bly has been saying for the past couple weeks that in the work that he's doing, there have, there have been messages and um, revelations um, coming forth that God is saying, stay very close to the Eucharist, stay connected to the Eucharist, go to daily mass, spiritual communions. And I have been praying about it for um, uh, a few weeks now. And at All Saints Mass, I was praying for a dear friend and her husband who was admitted um, on an emergency basis to the hospital. I was praying and God um, clear, and I was praying for the Take Two Family Intentions. And I was asking the saints to to help me help uh, what we do on the show, you know, to communicate because obviously God is using the radio airwaves to reach each and every one of us. And it came as clear as a bell, and I'm still processing it, but it goes in line with what's happening today in this discussion. God said clearly, internally, stay connected, go to Mass, spiritual communions, daily communion, stay very focused, adoration, please get the word out, get the word out quickly, we must stay connected. And the word kept coming up connected. And then it dawned on me. A month ago, it was Blessed Carlo Acutis 
that shared in prayer, I felt he shared with me, stay connected. And the word connected was there a month ago. And so, Jerry, I believe with Richard's, you know, encounter, his personal encounter, with the first Richard from Boston, now with what I'm sharing, maybe you could add to this, and then we can get to Brian and Kurt and the others. Is Are other folks having this same message somehow to stay connected? Well, I'm sure they are. I mean, if Adam is hearing this, especially through you know, rev- mystical private revelations or messages mm-hmm. or what have you, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm sure that you know, God is probably putting this on the heart of a lot of people. It's definitely on my heart. I've been going to daily mass for many years, decades probably, but I, I feel the same way. I, I just really feel like we need to sort of rally around the Eucharist right now, if I yes. can put it that way. Um, Yes. So, yeah, beautiful message. Yeah. Do you have anything else on that? You well, no, I just wanted to say that, you know, sometimes I think we look for the most complicated understanding or message or explanation. It's really quite simple. <laughs> and mm. that is the Eucharist. And we have the Eucharist. And how we can we can connect with the Eucharist spiritually or in person. And how amazing is that? So if anyone else is feeling that or you have gotten that uh, inspiration during during your deep prayer sessions, please, you know, call in or contact us because I think we need to really explore this and keep it going. You know, maybe that's what the Eucharistic revival is all about, and that's what we need to get out there uh, to the world. So the number to dial is 833-288-3986. All right, we're going to go back to Boston. Kurt has been holding patiently. Brian, hold on. You're right after Kurt. Kurt is listening on the Station of the Cross today. Hello, Kurt. Welcome back to the program. How are you, Jerry? How are you, Debbie? I haven't talked to you in a long time. Hi, Kurt. Uh, how are you doing, Kurt? How are you doing? So Good. I'm trying to get on that, uh, that spirit world, but don't seem to get on there. But I'd like to say I go to a men's group every first Saturday. So you go to the first Friday, go to the first Saturday Mass. In fact, may I say now, there's a men's march in Boston tomorrow, 830 in front of Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. Believe me, we yell out the rosary all 15 decades. But what I'd like to say is at the last meeting, Everyone's talking about, well, gee, donations are down. And everyone gave their response. And what I said was, you want donations to come up? Stop believing in the real presence. I said, when your mortality comes at stake, all of a sudden the churches will be filled because everyone will understand that they'll be meeting God sooner or later. What they need to understand is that he is in the Eucharist. He is the Eucharist. And I said to them, We're worrying too much about who we're offending. And the reason people get offended is because the demons inside of them get offended because the truth comes to them and they can't deal with the truth. And I don't say this to be mean to anyone, but our Lord said this, speak the truth, because if you don't, it's an insult to me. You're offending me. I came and died. I was clothed in human flesh to take on the sins of the world. And if you don't do this, then you're ashamed of God. Period. End of story. We all have this problem. It's called sin. So anyway, so I said to them, because on the other side of this men's group, there's the chapel. And I said, we're worrying so much about offending people. But on the other side of this curtain, he is being offended. Yeah. 
Well, hold on, Kurt. We're going to have a break coming up here in just about uh, 35 seconds. And there are some thoughts I'd love to share, actually personal experiences of where I am right now in Daytona Beach, Florida, and uh, much more. We can talk about this, but you're you're really touching upon, I think, the central issue there, Kurt. You're, You're really telling us we need to bring back... You know, a love for, a devotion to, an adoration of the Blessed Sacrament and the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist is right on uh, topic what we're talking about today. So hang on a minute, Kurt. Brian, you'll be right after that. we got Eric in Kansas and others joining us at 833-288-3986. It's Take Two with Jerry and Debbie and you heading into the weekend. On this Friday, first Friday of the month, get to Mass if you can. Um, if you've got a Eucharistic Adoration Chapel nearby, please stop in and let your let our Lord know how much you love Him. We're going back to Kurt right after I congratulate another longtime member of the EWTN Radio family. Pox at Bonham Radio, serving Albany, Saratoga Springs, Hudson, Esperance, and Cherry Valley, New York, celebrating their 13th year with EWTN. So our congratulations and gratitude go out to Tom and Laura Threckeld and their team at WOPG AM and FM from your friends at EWTN. All right, Kurt, thanks for holding on through the break and everybody else there as well. I was just going to share, um, I, I really first-hand personal experience of what you're talking about because as you if you've been listening to the show Kurt you know that I'm back in priestly formation I'm doing a year of an internship at a parish in the Diocese of Orlando Florida and I'm at the Basilica of St. Paul in Daytona Beach and our pastor I don't know if this was going on before he got here he's been here about 15 months and he, we, had, uh, we had First Friday Adoration this morning. Every Wednesday, we have what he calls Christ in the City. It's just two hours of Adoration. He puts the Lord out on the altar. People come by through that whole two hours. Uh, the second Tuesday of the month, we have a Mass with Healing Prayer. That includes Adoration. They've, they've increased confessions considerably. So, again, maybe... Uh, Previous pastors were doing this already, but I'm just simply saying that, you know, the pews are starting to fill up, Kurt, and people are showing real reverence now, receiving the Eucharist, like, you know, in just very, very beautiful ways. So uh, back to what you were talking about, Kurt, it really is, I think, the key, just getting people in front of the Eucharist, teaching reverence and devotion and adoration. What do you think? Yes, and what I'm saying is, I mean, look, I half my life I didn't even believe God existed, really. But anyway, I won't get into that. But what I was trying to say, and I think it's the way the catechesis is being taught, because the gentleman that's putting this on goes, well, Kurt, they just did an internal survey. Seventy percent of Catholics believe in a real presence. I said, really? I says, and who did this? Oh, the Archdiocese. I says, well, that's like a policeman killing somebody and the cops investigate it. I said, let's look at it in true perspective. So he shows me the article and it says 67% of Catholics believe in the real presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity. But only 17% of adult Catholics go to Mass. He says, there's your number. There's your number, 17%, because think about it. It's common sense. If you believe in something, you're going to be there especially when it's God Almighty on that altar, okay? So what I think happens is, and this is nothing against our separated brethren, but when you take away the faith, you're taking away the truth. If you take away the truth, something replaces it. Mm -hmm. Nature abhors a vacuum, so you're going to get lies. Mm -hmm. This is what happened. It's just the same repetitive thing ever since Adam and Eve. You can be like God without God. We need God. 
Okay, we need God to get to heaven. We need God. God had to come down and do this for us. So what I'm trying to say is, is if you take away, you don't receive on the tongue. Oh, no, that's not the norm anymore. It's in the hand. No, it isn't. It's on the tongue. And many priests says, oh, no, okay. So here's the document. When Catholic schools are promoting Freemasonic scholarships like the Knights of Pythias, I had to say something. He says, yeah, I give a devotion. I said, listen, I sent my grandson to Catholic school for 13 years, and I was up there every day. If I saw something out of the ordinary, I said something about it. We need to understand one thing. The day we're going to die is not marked on the calendar. We don't know the hour nor the minute, but we do know we will die. Mm-hmm. And when and that nanosecond, when everybody is still in your bedside, you have already been judged, either de- either heaven, hell, or purgatory, period, end of story. So let's get out there and tell people the truth. The truth. I had one but, lady say, but Kurt, I- Kurt, can I hold you right there? Because I just want to make sure we tap into that, because that's what this uh, the focus of this particular show is all about, the truth in the Eucharist. And what you said early on, you are spot on. Okay, we speak the truth. We teach the truth. Okay, if people want to choose something else or they want to say in name only that they're Catholic or culturally Catholic or they believe because they're, that that's what they were taught in Catholic school, but they're really not practicing it, well, then they're really not believing it. They're saying it, but they're really not believing it because you're spot on. If you really and truly believe it's a body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the in the most holy Eucharist, you would do everything. You would move mountains to get there. Okay. Not at, not make it feel like it's obligatory. Like, Oh, I have to go to mass. No, you want to go to mass. You will do anything to get to mass. Why? Because you're being fed and you, and it's strength for the journey. It's Christ. So Kurt, what you're saying, in my opinion, if I take it to the level that I best understand it and I can start moving with it is that we need to bring back the sacredness, the reverence, the understanding, the teaching, the belief. We need to practice what we preach. We need to walk the walk, talk the talk, and really be authentic Catholic Christians. If we go out there and do that in the world, the world would be a better place. That's how I see it. Kurt, I hope you agree. And Jerry, what do you say? No, Kurt, we got a lot of calls to get to, so we're going to let you go on that. But your passion, we love your passion whenever you call the program. You've got a real heart for for truth and reverence and devotion and and our faith. So God bless you. And like you said, you uh, spent half of your life not even believing there was a God, you know, and I think we've all maybe been in a place like that before, too. So thanks be to God, all that he has done in your life and is still doing in your life. So thank you, brother, for the call at 833-288-3986. Our Real Presence of Jesus in the Eucharist program for the first Friday of November. And uh, Brian has been holding most patiently, and we'll go to Brian next in Niagara Falls, New York, listening on the Station of the Cross. Hey, Hi, Brian. Brian. Hi, Debbie and Jerry. Uh, thank Howdy. you for taking the call. Uh, sure. I tried several times on other programs to get in. So blessed to get in, especially today. Um, the importance of the Eucharist, uh, well, I was never, I never walked away from the faith, but I was for a number of years lukewarm in the faith. Now, um, and I mean that, like, for years, did not go to confession. Now I'm back uh, monthly or more. Um, I go to Mass daily. I, in adoration, 
several times a week. Uh, we have a, a adoration right after uh, daily mass on Tuesday. Our men's prayer group has adoration um, for an hour and a half uh, the first Thursday of the month. Uh, we have first Friday and first Saturday adoration. Uh, but I, I just I can't tell you the the healing. Sitting in adoration in front of the monstrance, also re- receiving graces and blessings and healing through daily reception worthily of the precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. Wow. Uh, Go ahead, Brian. We have uh, also uh, taken up trying to at least say an extra rosary and chaplet a day, not one, but two to three at least, for all the years where I failed to not say any. So I'm trying to make up in some small way for everything and to become a better uh, follower of Jesus. Well, Brian, it sounds like you've got an amazing parish, first of all, and you are an amazing guy. I mean, God has given you a very, very special gift by, you know, kind of pulling you out of that lull, that lukewarmness that you were in for however long that lasted. And now to hear about your daily spiritual regimen is very, very inspiring. And I can hear in your voice this this gratitude. I share that because I was away from the faith until my early to mid-20s. And so many people listening right now, Brian, may, there may be people listening right now who are where you were when you were, you were lukewarm. People tune into Catholic Radio and EWTN for a lot of different reasons. So, uh, Debbie, I think Brian mm-hmm. has probably lit a fire in a lot of people with his uh, description of his beautiful reverence and devotion to the Lord. I just want to say, Brian, it just um, confirms what I was sharing earlier about staying connected to God. You you are staying connected to God uh, through the Eucharist, through Mass, which is the most important, where heaven and earth meet. Um, you're very focused. I say more power to you, Brian. Way to go. And and keep telling your story and, and inspiring others, okay? Debbie, am I still on? Yes. You are. Yes. Uh, can I ask you, please, put my name in your prayer book? Um, because I am uh, being attacked by the evil one for a number of things that I'm doing. I'm leading a Divine Mercy Cynical, leading the Rosary during mm-hmm. adoration, and... Mm-hmm. The evil one doesn't like it, and he's trying to get back at me. Uh, I've already talked to several priests about it, and mm-hmm. it's it's a definite uh, that's what the case is, because he doesn't mm-hmm. like what I'm doing. Okay. You got it, Brian. I put you in the book, and I'll also mention it to Adam Bly this weekend when we uh, do the Spirit World. Okay, so be uh, sacramentals. Uh, don't forget sacramental, St. Benedict Medal, the Miraculous Medal. I'm wearing the Miraculous Medal right now today for a similar reason, Brian. So, um, yeah, definitely holy water, bless salt. Make sure you keep sacramentals around um, so you can get to get to them. Okay, Jerry, uh, Eric is up next, a first-time caller in Pittsburgh, Kansas, on KOOJ. I believe I have your your station correct. Hello, Eric. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Sure. Go right ahead. Uh, so I um, am I'm a convert, and I'm fairly new to when it comes to First Fridays. And uh, my question was, is that 
for for me and then for other Catholics uh, that work, uh, mm-hmm. and I know that we all work, but I'm my question is is that. Uh, in particular for First Fridays, sure. when it comes to uh, to being able to celebrate the First Fridays in Mass and receiving the Holy Eucharist, what about us that have to be at work before Mass starts, or we work overnight and it bleeds through into the morning to where after Mass has already been started and, and almost done with? How do we celebrate First Fridays? Right. Well, Eric, um, a couple things. I've had I've worked at the parish level for many years, and Jerry may have a different take on this, so I'll just go first because we used to get this all the time with folks that used to come into the parish and and ask um, our, our priests and ask the lay leaders, you know, what do we do? Because we want to participate. We we uh, love the promises attached to the First Friday devotions, First Saturday devotions, but because of work, we cannot an, an, attend. Mass in person or do some of the things like receive Holy Communion. Um, so I, what I know that my pastor used to share with uh, the folks and the parishioners is that um, to God understands that, first of all. He knows, your, he knows your work schedule, Eric, so he sees everything, and that's the good news. Um, so uh, he would say sometimes you could, um, you know, well— let, let's put it this way. EWTN has us covered, Eric, with TV masses and radio masses every couple hours. Okay. So to be able to pick up mass on um, the internet on EWTN is very easy to, to do. So that, that would be my first suggestion. Also, he, he, my pastor would say also too that if you had to work on Fridays and Saturdays to have another day that you can offer as a way to offer as your first Friday because God knows you have to work and so you can't you know unless you have the gift of bilocation you can't be in two places at one time so we do have these online options we do have the fact that our intention is good that we want to participate but because of work we cannot participate um, and so that maybe you could replace it with a different day I I understand that is a possibility. If there's any priests listening right now and that is not correct, please feel free to weigh in on this. Um, also to ad- online adoration as well, spiritual communions. Um, the saints were, were, were fantastic at constantly reminding us that when we cannot receive communion um, and we cannot actually be there in person, spiritual communions are the next best thing to stay connected. So I don't know if that helps you at all, but I wanted to bring you some peace. And and the main, I think the important thing is that God knows your heart. He knows your intentions. Put it out there and let God um, offer um, other options for you so that you can participate at some level in the first Friday and first Saturday devotions. What do you say, Jerry? No. What do you say, Eric? I, I thought that was beautifully put by Debbie. What do you think, Eric? Oh, yes, I, I agree. And I, I do uh, thank you for uh, for letting me know and, and for sharing with that so that those out there that may have had the same question, that uh, that they have that understanding, and then that gives them peace of mind as well. Yeah. Right. And for Eric, you may benefit from this. Anyone who's listening, I just did a quick internet search, EWTN.com, First Friday Prayers. And there's a beautiful article that came up. It was the first uh, result that came up. So uh, you, you were right, Debbie. EWTN does have us covered. So anyone who wants mm-hmm. to learn more about the First Friday devotion and the, the promises uh, that were made to St. Margaret Mary Alaco, uh, she uh, died in 1690, just do a search, EWTN.com. 
first Friday, and you will mm-hmm. find it there. Thanks, Eric. God bless Thank you, you Eric. Network. And I yeah. think it goes back to this this idea that it's it's a true um, act of the will, an intention to stay connected to God, and God knows that. But 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 voice that, you know, be very specific with God what you want, what you need, what you uh, really want to participate in, and because of your work schedule, you know, I I believe God. Well, I know it to be true because it's in my own life. God always provides. Always, always, always. He never fails. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we will get to Mark in northern Michigan in about 30 seconds. Mark, before that, I just want to remind people to uh, set your clocks accordingly. Daylight savings time ends this Sunday at 3 a.m. Eastern time. Set your clocks back an hour if you have to. Most clocks are kind of automatic nowadays, but you may have some in the house that need to be uh, set. So set your clocks back an hour before you go to sleep tomorrow night and enjoy the extra rest as a friendly reminder from all of us here at EWTN. Except in Arizona, we are the lighthouse of the country. We never move. <laughs> mm-hmm. There are other parts of the country that don't change either, right? I think Some a parts tiny, of Indiana, I a think, tiny and, part. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Arizona primarily. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys got to get with the program. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to Mark. Yeah. Okay, Mark in Northern Michigan on Sirius XM 130. You're up next on Take Two for the Real Presence Show. Hi, Mark. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Jerry. Uh, hey, Mark. I'm just responding to your invitation to uh, call in about any promptings about the Eucharist. Um, Great. I, I uh, do, most of the time, do a daily devotional in the morning with the Magnificat and some scripture reading. And for a number of months now, um, I feel God's been prompting me, inviting me back to daily Mass and to specifically receive the Eucharist daily. And I haven't really responded to that prompting, um, even though years ago, I, for a period of a couple of years, I would go to daily Mass and realize the benefit, spiritual benefit, a great spiritual benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And I've... I feel like God's been prompting me now for a number of months to, 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 to go back and do that, and uh, I really have not responded. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, uh, I'm responding to your invitation and uh, thanking you for that prompting, uh, and I think it's something I need to do, and mm-hmm. I have the intention of doing it. And I think by you speaking about it, um, there's a family element to it, a family of faith element to it that will provide me further incentive to do it. So I thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and Mark, thank you for calling in and sharing from your heart. I just want to confirm something that you said. Um, Jerry and I do an outreach ministry called Stand Tall, and, and folks can find us at StandTallToday.com. We get a lot of clients that call in, and they they have received the same prompting as well. It started about a year ago. I believe it, it kind of coincides with the Eucharistic revival because our church is teaching a lot about the Eucharist. So that would make sense. The conversations are happening, and the Lord is moving in that. And, and you have Catholic Radio that's helping to promote the gospel message with charity and clarity. Mark, you're not alone. 
there are a lot of people that are receiving uh, those those interior promptings to go to Mass and connect more through adoration, through prayer, through going to Mass. And that's why I love EWTN having us covered with Mass on TV and radio. Thank you, EWTN. Thank you, thank you, thank you, um, because it is so uh, important for us to have that connection. Mark, I'm going to share this with you because I believe you are the reason we did this show today. I just just believe it. You'll have to trust me on this. Mark, I am begging you, um, go with that prompting. Do your best to connect on a regular basis. There is a reason, Mark. I feel it strongly. And you'll let us know because the good Lord always circles back and lets everybody know why he did what he did. But please, Mark, go daily or connect in some, in some fashion daily with the Lord. Okay, please, I, I'm begging you. I feel it. I feel that the show was for you today. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, I, I can't add to that. I, I would just simply add to all who are listening right now, um, if we go to you know Sunday Mass, that's an hour out of, what, 168 hours in the week. And I was just talking with um, one of the volunteers here at the parish today, Debbie, and, and he mentioned that. He says, you know, he goes to daily Mass. And, um, you know, he was talking about, you know, it's, it's one hour versus the rest of the hours in the week is how he put it. You know, if we, if we, if we fortify ourselves for one single hour a week at Mass, then we've got 167 hours sometimes in opposition to us. So we mm-hmm. really, you know, really should try to make that, uh, that, that mass time seven days a week. But I would just say to anyone who's listening right now, if, if you don't go to daily mass, just add once a month, one daily mass a month for now, maybe one a week. One a and week, yeah. uh, you mm-hmm. see, if, see if God doesn't really put it on your heart to start at least trying to go to daily mass. And we know there are a lot of you listening who simply can't get to daily mass because of work schedules or whatever. Make, as Debbie said earlier, make that spiritual communion. But, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus comes down to us on the altar every single day, uh, except Good Friday, of course. Um, so let us... Um, let us take him up on that beautiful offer to bolster us and nourish us in our faith. Absolutely. We just had um, Michael just weighed in and said, uh, Eucharist connection equals covenant communion. Wow. Mm. Powerful. Nice. Absolutely. You know, I had a wonderful, Jerry, I had a wonderful priest mentor friend uh, used to say to me all the time, "We, we have our priorities all messed up. It should be, it should be mass. We we will do anything and everything to get to mass. Mass is a priority and everything else should be in the way, you know, like work and and things to do and our to-do list and everything. Instead, we, we, we tend to check off all the things we have to do. And then we fit mass in somehow, like we're checking the box that there's something wrong with that. And Padre Pio used to talk about that all the time. We should, we should do whatever it takes to get to Mass first. And, and I agree with you, Jerry, just slowly adding Mass and the connection in, I think makes all the difference in the world spiritually. No, I agree, absolutely. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, Debbie and I, you know, we, get, we get, try and get to daily Mass in, as often as we can, mm-hmm. and we really believe in it. You know, I, I just... I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you have experienced this, Debbie, when you don't make it to daily mass for whatever reason, maybe busy schedule, doctor's appointments, work, whatever. You, 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 you miss it. You feel it. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, just say I mean, it. I feel empty. I feel empty. Yeah. I, that's how I feel. Yeah. So uh, that's how I feel. I don't know. Uh, is that how you feel? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. Let's get to John real quick. First time listener in Lansing, Michigan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, John, we've got about two minutes, but uh, we wanted to get you on because it looks like you've been an interesting call. Go ahead, John. And it's very interesting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make it quick. So I I was raised Catholic. Uh, Thirty years old, I got married in a Catholic church to a beautiful woman who was Protestant. So for the next 29 years, I, I for the last 29 years, I be, I was a Protestant. I went to Bible college, became a, an ordained minister, and my wife and I were totally uh, in, committed to the Lord and committed to the ministry and committed to a pro, my Protestant faith. Two years ago, I had a, a, an incredible experience where I felt the, the Holy Spirit was on me to do a deep dive on the Eucharist. So I did a deep dive on the Eucharist and started praying in my prayers, and this is in, this is uh, in complete contrary to do a lot of Protestants. I had a desire to pray the Rosary. I started praying the rosary, reverting back to my childhood and my youth and praying the rosary, and had an incredible desire to start journaling and and seek the truth on the Blessed Mother and saints. Again, complete contrary to what is taught in a lot of Protestant faith. And the revelation that I've experienced in the last year and a half, two years, on the truth of the Blessed Mother, the truth of saints, but more importantly, this incredible desire to be drawn to the Holy Spirit, or by the Holy Spirit, to the Eucharist. So I started attending Mass regularly about a year ago, in complete opposition to a lot of the, the Protestant faith, a lot of people I didn't even confide in. I just went on this deep dive of, between me and the Lord. Got about 30 and seconds. And the, the, the Lord has led me back to the importance and get the word out of the Eucharist. Amen. Wow. Amen. The, the, John, John, please, uh, please email us. We need your testimony, please. We need it for Catholic Radio. Please uh, email us at take2 at EWTN.com. Wow. Yeah. The Eucharist. Sorry to keep it short there, John. I'm so glad we got him in Mm -hmm. on the program today. Maybe the program was uh, not only for Mark in Michigan, but for John as well. Amen. Or a confirmation for that. Yeah, absolutely. What a beautiful program by the Take-Two family. What did we say? You guys make it great. And you always have for eight and a half years. Way to go, Take-Two family. Give yourselves a round of applause, a pat on the back. Well, coming up on Monday, do you have a dolphin named Flipper or a dog named Lassie? Have your pets warned you of danger ever? (laughs) That's the topic on Monday. Yeah, Yeah, that's going to be an interesting. (laughs) Okay, and that's Monday. So uh, thank you again to our show team, uh, Matt and Ace and Jeff. You're incredible. And of course, to the Take Two family. Okay, you guys, um, now get started with your weekend. Until Monday, have a beautiful and blessed few days. We'll see you real soon.